Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today we're talking with Mamika Cooney. Mamika wrote a cool book and more than one, in fact, two. One is in the top five right now on Amazon, and we'll tell you about that one in a minute. If you visit Mamika's LinkedIn, she talks about eight tips to supercharge your mindset. And so that's huge. She not only does that, but she's also the mindset and business coach at Mamika Media and Coaching and a John Maxwell team coach, speaker, trainer, and behavior consultant. So we're talking to a real expert here. I think she ran into a buzzsaw, as they say, like all of us do at some point in our lives that caused her to become uh, on the path that she's on today. So we're going to dig into some of that because sometimes the most painful things that come at us in life become our biggest gifts. And I'm sure Mamika is going to share some of that with us. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. That's an interesting uh, introduction. I've never heard of the buzzsaw part. You're going to have to explain that to me. But yeah, that's interesting how you look at, um, you know, our backgrounds. And I love what you said, because it's so true. Like if I, <clears throat> my 20 year self had to look forward to my 45 year old self, I'd be like, where, how did you get there? It's always the story of breadcrumbs, right? Brings us to where we are. Yeah, well, the buzzsaw comes to me because I remember when I was a kid, one of our neighbors was actually cutting a fence and, you know, the blade's supposed to be covered. And so he went to set it on his leg and it went down deep. And so, and we were there, it was like, he was our neighbor. So, and my dad was the doctor in the neighborhood. So they come to you and it was like, uh, oh, and I remember just going, what is going on? So that's, that's one of those physical buzzsaw moments but in life, we face emotional buzzsaw moments that sometimes open the wounds bigger than the physical ones do. So, exactly, it's yeah, the that's, unseen, that's unseen struggles. I say that, um, and it's, and that's why I kind of just laugh now when people read my bio because I was like, you know, you can read things online, you can see somebody's highlight reel on Instagram and think they're having a fabulous life, but everybody is dealing with some kind of struggle, and we just don't know it. We're just very good at putting on masks right and, and just showing the best version of ourselves but I'm really excited about I'm very open about my story I'm just tell it like it is as you can tell I'm from South Africa uh, we're very direct and we just get to the point we don't sugarcoat nothing and we just are a little bit more tough nuts to crack so 
it's exciting. <laughs> I love it. Well, and you're in Charlotte now. That's where I used to live. It turns out in the same zip code. I think it's 28173, if I remember right. <laughs> so that's a small world too. We probably went to some of the same uh, fireworks stands and whatever else is in town there. The exactly. uh, CVS pharmacy on the corner there. <laughs> exactly. You never know so, how you're connected, right? Six degrees of separation. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. Right. Maybe, who knows? To, Maybe so. I, you know, cut you off in traffic last weekend. <laughs> my aunt and uncle. I don't know. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, so let's go back. Johannesburg, South Africa, your early childhood. A lot of times we put these filters and masks on throughout our life. We don't have the chance to do that when we're a kid. And so our true uniqueness and one of one fingerprint is developed and understood when we're five, six, seven. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you woke up in the morning, you had the twinkle in your eye and you're like, this is what I love to do. What was that for you? Oh, that was a no brainer. It was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was a born uh, performer. Like I love classical ballet. Uh, my dad had a coffee table and I'd have my tap shoes and castanets and I'd be like singing to you know, Bombaleo and all those fun things. My dad was, uh, my dad is Greek. My mom's British and I was born and raised in South Africa. So it makes me a very eclectic, um, interesting childhood. We always had people of different languages. I was used to hearing French and German and Greek and Afrikaans and English and African languages. So for me, it was just interesting to meet people. So I was known to be very chatty. And I asked the, the question, why, a lot. I'd be like, why is the sky blue? And my mom was like, because. Because why? She's like, you asked too many questions. So I was like, well, maybe this will serve me when I'm older, right? And, and of course, as we grow, we sometimes, as we get past that fun childlike phase, we get to 10, 11, 12 and start to worry about what the world thinks, right? Then all of a sudden, being chatty is, no, now you're bossy. Now you, you you talk too much. And now you, you know, stop talking, stop talking. And you start to listen to what the world has to say. And we start to sort of hide who we are and then try and change. And But even as adults, some of us are really stuck on things of, of our past. I like to call it the junk in our trunk. We, mm. We're going on a journey, but we still have some hidden suitcases and boxes that um, haven't been dealt with. And I can tell you from experience just trying to push yourself forward, go through life and just go push, push, push. Eventually that junk is going to slow you down. And in my case, I had a full on train smash. Okay. There were lots of <laughs> signs along the, along the way to slow down, take it, pay attention. But eventually, you know, I call it the dark night of the soul moment. I'm sure many of us, like I'll, I'll admit I'm 45 this month. And by now I've really had experience in life that to know that you can't always go at that pace. So my story goes, you know, um, grew up in South Africa, met married, child, my childhood sweet, sweetheart, we're still married today, 25 years later, and we transplanted our family three, uh, two times overseas, South Africa to England and England to America, all within the space of five years, started two businesses between the two of us, had three babies, and I just didn't know how to stop. I just kept going and going and going until the rug was pulled out for me. Now, my whole story and like even from what I'm doing now is different to, from pretty much where I was seven years ago. And this is what I find beautiful about our stories when we stop and pay attention is that it always comes back. Like there's lots of things that I did as a kid and I was trained as a TV broadcaster. I thought I was going to read the evening news as a job. And turns out that wasn't useful until 20 years later. But it's really when in 2016, I had what I call my, you know, dark night of the soul moment where I lost a very close family member. My mom-in-law 
passed away from cancer and she suffered terribly. So that was a crisis of faith, like, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Um, a, a teenage child who was, you know, severe mental health issues and a business failure. And eventually what happens is we don't listen to the signs. Things do eventually fall apart. And then physically, I was in bed for three months. I had burnout, like I was exhausted, migraines. Um, I literally had to take my foot off the gas and, you know, give myself that whole grief process. Um, and I've never experienced physical grief like that, where, you know, you can go and go and go and be a hero until you're not. <laughs> and then when it comes crashing down, you literally have to stop and think like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And is this really what I wanted to be? Um, and then you start to rethink about your five-year-old self, right? Like, who was I? What did I enjoy? What, you know? What was that childlike wonder that made me interested in doing the things I do? So that's why I find stories fascinating in, in asking people their journey. I love that. Um, I went to my father's and, and my mother. They're both still with us, thank God. And um, so I went to their house recently. And my dad, when I was leaving, gave me a hockey stick that I played when I was eight, nine years old. And mine was blue. My brother's was yellow. I always you know, my brother was two years younger. So I got first pick on a lot of things. And mine was very well played because it was, you know, rubbed off on the handle and my brother's wasn't as much. And I remember it just brings back the competitive memory, right? And it's, and that's the common thread through everything. And that's how I ended up in sales because, you know, it's very easy to say, did you hit your quota? And how did you do compared to everybody else? And so now realigning to being competitive for God it's like, oh yeah, that's what I love to do is be competitive. So it doesn't matter what game I could have been in swimming or played golf or done business. It doesn't matter. And so learning what your uniqueness and what you're one of one at is really fun when you can hone in on that and, and just live within that zone, you know, and be in the zone of genius. So, so 2016, you had that buzzsaw moment. We'll go back to, <laughs> and, um, you know, for anybody listening right now, who's going through it right now, I just talked to someone who's been out of work for a year and, you know, and I'm helping him with some LinkedIn outreach and we're going to get him a job because he's a superstar, but he's got some, he needs to change his mindset before he can actually go get a job. Cause there's plenty of jobs that are out there. Um, what advice would you share? You've written books on this, you know, what's the couple things that people can do to, to, slow down, take inventory, what do they need to do if they're in a depressed state? Definitely. Well, as I said, it's, you know, it's not an easy place to be. Being stuck is very frustrating. You know, even when you're moving forward and even if you're going down the wrong path, that forward momentum just creates something that makes you feel more motivated to do it. But here's the thing is we have to give ourselves permission to stop and rest. And this is something us adults are very bad at. We tend to just want to go and push, 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 and oh, we'll figure it out when this will work it itself out. It's like we never want to stop to smell the roses. Now, of course, all of us have lived through 2020, and that was a gigantic pause button for all of us. And I was actually like, okay, the reasons for it were not great, but I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity and that it's resets everybody's mind. Like I could say, hashtag the rat race is being canceled that even though things worked before, we have to be willing, and you mentioned that mindset is so key, which is why I'm so passionate about being a mindset coach. I mean, through all the things I've done in my life, I realized, I look back in that time where I really had to sort of reassess myself, like, why am I doing this? And was I doing this to please other people? Because I'll admit, you know, I gave in my, um, my uh, membership to Control Freaks Anonymous, and I'm so much happier because trying to please everyone and control everything was exhausting. 
But when I really came back to it and realized, you know, every decision I made was based on my mind and way, the way I thought, because you can be in any situation, you can be a millionaire and be miserable, or you can be poor and you can be miserable, but it's how you look at things. It's how you think about things. And it literally just takes one mindset shift for you to really start to see and have those aha moments and realize I can do this. So a few of the things I, I did is when you're in that situation and, you know, I always say is when you zoomed into your problem, you're like so close, you can't see it. It's to really take a step back and to zoom out and to get a bigger picture, like separate the emotions from the logic of who you are. Like, okay, let me look at this from a bigger picture. What am I doing right now? What was my motivation for doing this? Like an example is I didn't know this at the time, but a lot of the things I had done over life were because I was a people pleaser. I constantly wanted to get that accolades and because I because it really came down to a root of feeling unworthy. Like I had a root of rejection going back from when I was a kid. So every decision I made, every job I took, every opportunity or business I built was all about how do I feel better about me? And how do I show people that I'm smart and that I'm capable and that I can do things? And unfortunately, we start to see those fruits that start to, you know, show up in life. And then eventually we realize this isn't working for me anymore. What am I doing this for? And it's really going back to how am I thinking about myself and what are my motivations? So for instance, like someone who's on a trajectory and wants to make a million dollars, like they will do whatever it takes, like whether it means sacrificing relationships or time, they're so focused and gung-ho about that making a million they kind of lose the plot, right? And they, they haven't really asked themselves, why do I feel like a million is important? And here's a good thing, like something I learned from my five-year-old self, keep asking why. Why do I want to start this business? Is it because I want to make money? Okay, so why do you want to make money? Is it because you want to be a millionaire or is it because you just want to pay the bills? Why do you want to be a millionaire? Who do you, what are you worried about who's watching and who's thinking that they... Is it your dad? Is it your, your family? Is, is it you? Like as you start to go down the layers and I would suggest getting like a journal and piece of paper. This is something that happens in the brain is when you actually use pen and paper, you engage another part of the brain that helps you tap into your inner, your deep inner self, your subconscious self. We know like back in the day we would be doodling. Now I used to get in trouble at school for doodling because I wasn't paying attention, but I was listening, just doodling at the same time. So as an adult, we've kind of lost that the the joy of like coloring and drawing and writing because there's something therapeutic about when you can get your thoughts out from your head onto paper mm -hmm. um so the first thing i would do is think about what you're thinking about like what are those thoughts and when you start to interrupt them and realize you know what i keep thinking that but i didn't realize that's a thought pattern that's habitual and this like where did i start believing that like hmm then you start asking yourself the question and you start to sort of dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper because once you get to the root of a the problem, then you can fix it. It's like a tree, right? You can have bad fruit and you can every year it keeps growing bad fruit, which is anxiety and depression and stress and, you know, anger and whatever else. You can cut off the fruit, and, but if you don't get to the root, it's going to keep growing. Yeah, keep so part growing. of what I do is, you know, right. help people dig. Sure. <laughs> Well, I think of in sales, um, Skip Miller taught me very early on three levels of why. And, and that most people stick with the first. Well, why is that important to you? And then the salesperson comes in and goes, oh, well, we have the best product that can fix that problem. And it's like, no, no, you just stayed on the surface. You've got to go to why, why, why. And, and it's more than three. You really can go really, really deep into the, 
into the why part of it. Um, yeah, th this is great. Uh, there's a new company and they've got this thing called the Chair of Joy and they're bringing it to different states all around the country. And it's called Joy Lee, J-O-Y-E-L-Y. And she had me sit in the chair and it's a big, huge white chair with gold around the edges. And it's more, it's bigger than yourself, right? Like eight feet tall. And it was absolutely amazing. And um, so I'm sitting in this chair and they, and, and she said, think about if you could go through an exercise three times a day for a minute and joy layering, right? And she said, just think of the time when maybe you had your first kid or your second kid, or you got married. And it's amazing when you just break up your day and those, even just those three simple things, your negative thought patterns can get interrupted. And then boom, for the next couple of hours, you're now in this different state of mind that, oh yeah, I did have joy at that particular moment. And you bring that back into the here and now. And, and it's just, the, the mind is an interesting thing. And it can be reprogrammed just like a computer can. Is exactly. And, you know, this is what I love about it is the science is finally catching up. Um, and neuroplasticity is that whole point of the fact is that our brains are malleable and can be rewired and retrained. And part of what I do with my clients is that I help them through this process. So the first step is awareness that, okay, like Houston, we have a problem we need to figure out that there's a problem because you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. The second of all is getting to the root of the problem and understanding why are we doing these things we do? What are our motivations? And that's why a part of the process is, is understanding your purpose and who you are. Like that's why I love the whole behavioral personality. Like I'm one of those geeks that loves those personality tests, you know, like, Ooh, tell me which one you are. And, you know, um, as a certified behavioral specialist, I, I kind of love to look at people's motivations and it really helps to give you a lot more empathy and compassion for different people. And this makes you a lot more patient because you realize not everybody thinks like you. Everybody, we've all wired differently and we have different motivations and different um, experiences. But at the root of, the, of everything is we all have a very capable brain and we can allow our circumstances to keep us stuck by our thinking. Because here's the other thing is a lot of people, like we have a lot of... Um, you know, the mindset and we have, a, you know, mental health and then we have physical health. I mean, you know, you go to the gym, you want to get fit, you want to lose weight. But here, let's take that, for example, someone who wants to lose weight. Often that's a mindset problem because our mind is our engine of the body and it rules everything else. And often our emotions are a mirror of our mindset. So if you are, your emotions are up the creek and you're feeling angry and annoyed, I always say to people, what were you thinking like a couple of minutes ago? What triggered that emotion because your body is going to show like when we say anxiety we have sweaty palms and stomach ish and then headaches our body is physically screaming at us and saying something's wrong alert alert deal with this through your feelings but what we often forget to do as humans is we forget to think about the thought process in the beginning because if you think about it, you have your 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 mind is is um is the software and your brain is the hardware, is the actual brain, is you know the physical elements of it. And we a lot of the time we forget that we're connected and the, the emotions are connected to the brain. So we often want to compartmentalize life and say, oh, well, I need to lose weight, so I need to stop eating badly. Yes and no. How do you feel about food? You know, mm. what is your thought patterns about food? Why do you feel like food is medication? Why do you feel like food is soothing for you? Because you remember when you were five years old that when mom and dad were fighting, eating ice cream made you feel better. 
and you start to re reverse engineer the reasons to your behavior. And it's fascinating when you start to dig into this. And I just love the epiphanies and the ahas that my clients have when they, they click on something and it's like someone's just giving you a, a pair of glasses. Like you go around life thinking that's how life looks like until someone gives you a sharp set of 2020 vision goggles and you're like, whoa, 3D. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. You know, there's a there's another one of those apps. I just had someone on my show, the founder of On, of on Purpose. And he's been doing this for 27 years, I think. OnPurpose.me is one of those tests and it helps you discover your purpose in two words. And I got to the end of it because it compares this one versus that, this one, ver and it keeps bringing up some of the same ones. You're like, I've seen that one, but now there's something else that trumps it. So you just keep going through, going through. At the end, mine was embracing grace. And I was like, oh, I got the chills when I saw it, right? Because I would have never have put those two words on a page. But when you face off the two sentences against each other, and you end up there, it's a, he's like, look, I've been doing this for a lot of years. And it's very interesting uh, to get to those two words. So I'm really well, I'm gonna have to, to look that up because I love that kind of stuff, you know, understanding purpose and quizzes and how the mind works, because it is fascinating when you start to realize it's like, once you get this awareness, that this is something that there is no circumstance in life, whether it's about money or relationships or physical health, they cannot be changed by the way that you think about it. Now, yeah, I know that some that people would be like, Ew, I don't agree with you. Right. That's yeah. a big statement. But it really is true. Because our mind is that is it might seem small, but it directs everything. If you think about it, our mind is what generates our heart rate. I mean, there's a lot of subconscious things that happen without us. We don't have to tell our brain to tell our heart to pump blood through our heart to keep us alive, right? But there are different levels of our, our, our mind that are, I mean, obviously some of it's nurture, some of it's nature, but even those who've come from a familial line of bad habits, like say alcoholism in, in, in family lines, you don't have to live that story. People can change the story and the trajectory of their lives and their children's lives when they're willing to do the hard work. Now, and this is the thing is I always say it's caveat. There is, it's a lot of hard work and it's often very painful but it's like if you're going to the gym, you can't just, you know, we wish we could pop a pill and all of a sudden be healthy. We have to embrace the process, which includes pain and persistence and being resilient and doing the hard things and practice and doing it again. Um, and it's just part of the process of just embracing that if I want to change things, I have to do the work um, in order to rewire my brain. Because there's a South African psychologist i'm sure many of your listeners might have heard of her dr caroline leaf also has an accent like me totally fabulous i love her stuff and her studies she's done a lot of brain scans on people and her work confirms that it takes 64 days to make a new habit we all, we always thought 21 right that's that's just getting awareness of the habit so if you think about it mm. 64 days that's a good chunk of change to really have to invest your time into making change. And even then that's just, as you start to get the, the slight changes, you still have to continue after that. And I think living in this society where everything is instant, microwavable, an app for this, there's a, you know, a click of a button, swipe here to do that. We're so used to instant. None of us want to wait and go through the process. We're just like, we want to just skip through and just get to the end, but that's not how life works. Characters built through time and, you know, resiliency and patience um, and I think the world has finally realized we've had to slow down we've been forced to so due to the pandemic 
But I think this is the best time we've ever been in the world in order to reinvent, to pivot, to change, to embrace new opportunities. The, things have never been more easy and accessible and easier to start a business, write a book, create a product that, that they have ever been than they are now. So I think by flipping the switch, the, flipping the script on our how we think about things and realize that we are living in a, in a day and age where we are truly blessed to have what we have and the opportunities, it really enables us to have that gratitude. And then we start to look at life differently because it really is true. Gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude really changes your day. So Mamika, last question. And that is, I've met a lot of mindset people in my life and I now I'm starting to consider myself one, which is like, wait, 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 that's wild living into that one. That's a big shoe to fill. Um, and a lot kind of position it as it, it's all in your mind. You can change your mind. I, I understand you're a person of faith. How do you rationalize what God does for me and what I need to do for me, right? How do the how do those things play together? If you're a mindset expert and say, hey, you are the all-powerful person. All you have to do is follow these eight steps and you'll be good. Versus just give it all to God and you'll be good. How do you rationalize those two concepts? Exactly. Well, it's a, it's a very good question because uh, I think this is, again, comes back to that compartmentalizing things. We all want to put things in boxes, right? Obviously, mental health is out there and, you know, you've got psychotherapy and psychologists, which are great. But I, I think they have a very limited set of tools because we are focused on one tiny little area, right? Then you have the faith part where it's almost like presumption in faith. Oh, God will do it. But there is always a, a middle ground where it always comes back to free will. God will not interfere with our free will. That's why he doesn't come and just save, save us and scoop us up and why he allowed Adam and Eve to do what they did. Because he will never, he's a gentleman, he will never override our free will. So in the case of mindset, I, I also, I'm not a proponent on just think positive and everything will be great. Yeah, that's great. That's one tiny little step. But what are you, what are you, what are you responsible to do? And where do you then allow God to step in? So for me, you know, having faith is important because part of life, like we have a lot of, um, sort of what I call body coaches, which is, you know, getting your physically fit. We have mental coaches, which is, you know, coaching and psychotherapy and all of that. But very few of us address the spirit. And we are made of three parts, our spirit, which is who we are intrinsically. Then we have our soul, which is our mind, our will and emotions. And we have our body. And for the for so many centuries and, you know, years, especially this modern age, we want to just compartmentalize everything. But we're one. We're, our whole body, this whole holistic idea isn't just a new age thing. It's actually how we are built. And when you tap, and that's part of what I do with my coaching, I, just, I don't just say, hey, think positive and you're good. Because we have limits to ourselves. As human beings, we are fallible. We don't have, we're not all knowing like God is. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows what's better for us than we think we know for ourselves. And when you get yourself out of the driver's seat and you say, okay, God, what are you, how, who have you made me to be? Where, where am I intrinsically destined to be? Like where, who am I at, at a DNA level? And you start to tap into that and you remove the people pleasing and, you know, the, the anger and all the, the masks and all of those things. And you get back to how do I think about myself? That's when you get to the core of understanding how you flip the things. Because a lot of times uh, with mindset coaching, as, you know, it's not just think positive and then you'll feel great. It is about understanding the reasons why you think that. 
which comes down to those roots, right? And when you can learn and get rid of that mental mess, you become so much more effective that you can then make the decisions, you can change your circumstances, but faith is at the, at the core of it. You can't take God out of it because we are spirit, soul, and body. And I always say to people, you know, I can help you think better, but you have to understand who you are at the core. So that's why it kind of all comes together. Mm, I love that. Well, what an amazing conversation. Uh, the, the, I think we can name it God is a gentleman, because I've never heard it put like that before. <laughs> and you probably have never said that before, but I thought that Oh, was, I say it all the time. <laughs> oh, that was so neat. I mean, I've never heard it like that. So really fabulous talking with you. If if someone wants to get in touch with you because you've moved them to, you know, as someone who might be able to help them in their situation, how would they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, the best place to find me is on my website, which is mimikakuni.com, and it's spelled M-I-M-I-K-A c-o-o-n-e-y.com um, i'm also busy writing book number nine which is unstick your mind which is taking a lot of the concepts that i teach i also have an eight-week master class and then i do that in cohort so we start and end together with a group of people and that also is launching in the fall and i have uh, my own podcast and a lot of resources and you mentioned i have books i've, I've got different books in different genres but the mindset makeover is one that's available on amazon in the usa for free if you want to get the ebook but definitely you can find all these links to all my resources on my website, mamikacooney.com. So come, come and check it out. Wow. Mamika, have, fabulous having you on the conversation today. I really appreciate your time and, and your sharing of everything that you've gone through in life. And um, yeah, keep, keep on this track because you're, you're destined to change the world and help change a lot of mindsets for the good. So. Well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the Living Better Story podcast, and we'll catch you on the next Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.